Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. We're continuing our co-host Summerfest 2018 podcast. And in the room right now, I have Jessica Wallenfels and Philip Cuomo. And on the phone, we have Susan Banyas. And that's another a collaborator in this giant, wonderful event at Coho, which we're talking about. If you want tickets, you can go to cohoproductions.org. Single tickets are $20. A pass for all the shows is $60. Four shows for $60. That is a total steal. A great thing to do in the summertime. Go hang out, have dinner in that beautiful area, and then go see an exciting show, and you can have a great conversation afterward. So welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. you. When did Coho Summerfest begin, Philip? Um, it originally started as a solo summer festival, and that was before I was involved at Coho back in like 2013. Um, the first one may have even been as early as 2012. It was 2015 that we shifted gears out of only producing some uh, solo projects to include um, projects that had more folk in it. So, And we shifted the name to Summerfest as a result. And as we were saying earlier, your focus is really local artists with a sprinkling of uh, out-of-towners. Yeah, every year we try to bring at least one person from out of town. Mm -hmm. um, this year we do have two projects that we consider from out of town, but Jessica brought um, Sidus' piece to Coho's attention, and it fit beautifully into our sort of giddy profundity, which we try to manufacture every summer, mm -hmm. where we recognize the um, depth of the human experience and aren't afraid of the sting of it, but we really want to also find the joy, as Saida put it so beautifully, that exists always. And so, so there's a lot of silliness, a lot of fun. I mean, Pratik is wearing polyester pants. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he looks amazing in them. Which are <laughs> profound and giddy. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, I love that about your work, you Thanks. know, in particular, yeah. the depth I always believe that, that those depths can only be enhanced by the joy. It's that incredible disparity. They coexist. Right. You know? So, Jessica, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Also, you're directing that piece that we were talking about with Saida, and, uh, which sounds magnificent. And I know that you have a real strength in choreography and movement. Would you think that, would you say that that's where you really come from first as an artist? Because you have so many incredible talents. Thank you. Mm. Um, well, I have a degree in acting. Mm -hmm. um, so I really did spend four years thinking about text and actor intention mm -hmm. in a rather traditional way, you know, a regional theater training program. Mm -hmm. But because I had started in gymnastics and dance, there was, you know, already this tint, you know, on the way that I saw the world and the way that I access creation. So the opportunity to work with Saida is so exciting because Saida and I ha we share a, a training pedigree um, in that we both went to CalArts for our undergrad and then we both went to Dell'Arte International for um, postgraduate training. And 
So she and I have this movement language where we can talk about our Tai Chi teacher from when we were 19. Mm. And we can also talk about our clown teacher from when we were in our 20s Mm. and say, oh, it's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of this. And there's like an incredible shorthand Mm -hmm. that is largely physical Mm -hmm. because of the physical sort of biases of both of those programs. So um, I think we both bring that um, movement focus, but it is to serve story. Mm-hmm. It is serving story in a way that is different, you mm-hmm. know, than than you might expect if you're just going if you're going to a play. Right. And Susan, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I think the solo story work you're doing is also very interesting in how you're developing pieces, and the piece that you're working on with Andrea Andrea Parson, which is called Finding Soul: A Constellation of Stories, which will be running July fifth through eight at the festival. Uh, how did you two come into contact and begin this journey? Um, yeah, well, Andrea, um, and first of all, thank you all for being here. I just want to say, um, Philip, thank you for putting this festival on. Yeah. It's fantastic to be able to see, this is the spirit of collaboration, mm-hmm. you know, to see all these great artists. Jessica, I can't wait to see what you're doing. And, <laughs> you know, and then um, to be able to... Um, you know, take that and and dig deeper into our own physical natures. You know, as storytellers. So I started out um, as as a dancer, and I come from Ohio. So really, I always feel like my roots are in Appalachian storytelling and the people I grew up around, and um, and hearing their stories. And so I was always interested in my work and training, and how to put um, physical images and natural sort of organic storytelling together and um and and steep it and anchor it in personal experience in landscape um in real experience and then bring that forth as physical poetry through through images so that's been my inquiry all my life and andrea saw um saw the ballet that uh, Nicola Fonte choreographed, Beautiful Decay, and she tells a be- lovely little story, so I'll let her tell her story. It's it, And she saw me performing it and came to me because she was really, um, had a deep desire to take her grandmother's story, stories that she was tape recording and figuring out how to make dance work or how you create art with this. So she came to me and that's how this project was born and then she wanted the training and 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 took to it like a duck to water and then she wanted to bring in other dancers because it's a it's a collective sort of organic process we it unfolds through the process of doing it and people are back and forth so so we're witness we're you know so it's a it's an it's a it's a collaborative process so she recognized that and wanted that herself, and so that's how we we birthed this this evening of beautiful stories, four stories, these mostly a trio. Um, and <clears throat> Andrea um, is the choreographer, hmm. so um, yeah. So she came in and brings in all this detail, physical detail, and stretched the whole piece out um, physically. It's so um, exciting to think so. about the, the the body. And I when I was talking to Pratik mm-hmm. a minute ago, we're thinking about what is it about, you know, the internet and all these virtual experiences and all of a sudden when you're talking it reminded me of 
it's that body experience that observing another, and it reminds me also of the creative process, how you're describing as you're creating, as you're going through experience and experiential approach, which is something right. you can't do virtually. I, well, maybe you could watch each other no, on, you, on, on uh, you know, you no, could you can't. FaceTime, can you? No, you can't. I don't no, think you can. You How come? You have to actually be... <laughs> feet on the ground it's a because it's physical well what if you're what if i like do my i do my daughter that didn't sound right um i you know call her up on the thing and then we watch each other is it do we lose that we lose the kinesthetic response that's visceral between um the performers and then most importantly in my uh estimation is the visceral response between the audience mm-hmm. so that everything becomes spontaneous and immediate right in that very room mm-hmm. and so that the um, the audience is called to listen, to respond, to engage. Mm-hmm. We're calling that radical listening mm-hmm. at COHO. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. And, yeah. and Thank you. Without that, that's the difference between the TV box, the movie screen, and the theater. And people want to be part of a community. They want to come to the theater to, to share it together. I heard a piece by Oscar Ustis on a TED Talk recently, and he said, if you go to a movie theater and you're the only person in the theater, you think it's great. <laughs> but if you go to a play or if you go to the theater um, to see a live performance in the audience that's only half full, mm-hmm. you're kind of disappointed. Oh, interesting. And that's beautiful because really, deep down, we want to be part of a community. We want to share in this imagined experience. And, uh, you know, I, I've been saying um, uh, kind of regularly that what Summerfest is intended to do is to sort of feel the sting of our humanity, but provide the joy and the, the giddiness, the mm-hmm. giddy profundity thing. Um, that that is part of it, and there is one other project in the four shows, mm-hmm. and that's Phillips Glass Menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsible. I for wonder that why one. you're interested in bringing that one up. <laughs> and it's my it's my riff on Glass Menagerie, mm-hmm. um, de-emphasizing language. Um, movement storytelling, all set to a score of Philip Glass music, with an incredible cast, I might mm. add. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fun mm. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Including Sasha mm. Blocker, Isaac Lamb, Murray Lazaroff, Babin, and Emily Newton. Yes. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. How did you develop that piece? How did you begin that? That took quite a while. And actually, um, it started at a clown workshop I was teaching that Andrea was in, believe it or not. Mm. And she was my first gentleman caller. Oh, for heaven's sake. Right. And (laughs) we were just goofing because it was kind of funny to Uh see Andrea, who's this beautiful, um, small woman, play opposite this rather large fellow who's playing Amanda Mm -hmm. um, in the clown class. Mm. And then um, the idea of like looking at uh, plays from mid-20th century America and sort of twisting them and turning them on their head was of great interest to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there's something so poetic about Tennessee Williams's writing Mm. And there's something so extreme about it visually and imagery-wise. And Mm -hmm. so it was something that I could kind of sink into via source material, as a decent source material. And then I I thought it could be really funny. So I'm I'm curious. (laughs) You know, I love the creative process. It's just where I'm happiest. I like the rehearsal hall. And I really enjoy learning about how people work together. 
And I wonder how, if you could impart a piece of the creative process to the general public about how to behave in the world, what would it be? I've always been, uh, I've always thought that the, the, the creative process is a pathway to peace. Hmm. What do we mm-hmm. take from the creative yeah. process that we, we need to sh- apply to the and, larger world? And how could we share it in a way mm-hmm. that would, you know, because I think of this idea that, that uh, conflict can be in a container, but it's also in a container with uh, being receptive to each other, listening. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that you think would be well uh, or would serve corporate world well. Mm. I feel very strongly that dialogue is really the basis of my rehearsal process, right? Because I make an offering, the artist makes an offering back. Our Mm -hmm. best and juiciest work is some amalgamation of those two things Mm -hmm. and then us carrying that amalgamation forward. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like, uh, you know, rather than arguing for one person's point or the other, it's about creating some sort of um, mixture mm. of our best work, mm. which is greater than mm-hmm. either one of us. Right. Mm. The, the sum is greater mm-hmm. than yeah. the individual parts. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful question, Susanna, about the um, times we're in, especially in, as artists, what do we do and how do we carry that into, into our day-to-day, our, our ordinary life? And... Um, you know, I, I just also, this, this thing of radical listening, you said, Philip, I love that I, you know, what that and, and the call and response that you're talking about, Jessica, you know, that, um, we just become more engaged with each other, not online, but as real people to people encounters and start to feel more, um, of the life of, our existence, I don't know how else to say it, but this training can bring more um, dimension to the quality of listening even that we bring to it. Uh, There's what you're saying, there's the images, there's my feeling about that, there's, you know, there's a lot of exploration that can happen in any moment. And when we start to realize the dimension of that, um, it's, it's uh, it brings life to our life, you know, and love to our our comrades that we're engaged with. And if they're um, if they're difficult people, and if there's conflict, then um, then there's a, a fusion of energy, and either that person goes away, or you you know, I mean, there's it's not it's not aggressive. It's more infused and filtered energy then i feel like we have to change our energy mm. you know um so so well, that process is built into the rehearsal process you know um so if you come to Coho Summerfest this summer uh, between June 28th and July 22nd you can find all the information about all these shows and these remarkable artists at cohoproductions.org single tickets are $20 and a pass for all the shows a mere $60 Uh, you can practice radical listening you can go see a show you can have a great talk you can, you know, leave your phone at home that would be radical (laughs) (laughs) and thank you so much Susan uh, and Philip and Jessica for joining me today and for being a conduit for this kind of work, Philip, at Coho it's really fantastic thank you yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh-huh. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. 
Download the Artslandia app on iTunes, where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.